Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're going to talk about temptation. We're going to talk about the reality of temptation. And the fact of the matter is, is that we're all tempted. Now, here's the interesting thing about temptation. As we talk about temptation, we're going to talk about the source of temptation. Because the fact of the matter is, is that we all face it. Every single one of us faces temptation. You're going to be tempted today. You're going to be tempted tomorrow. So the question is, is where does this stuff come from? What is the source of it? Now, here's what's so crazy about temptation. Temptation is different for every one of us. What do you mean? Well, what I'm tempted by, you might not be tempted by that. Does everybody understand that? But what you're tempted by, I may not be at all interested in that. So temptation is different, but yet it's the same. We all face it. So let's talk about it today. We're going to talk about the source of temptation. And I think the first place that we need to begin is we begin to get on this journey of talking about crossing the line. That's what we're entitled to this series, crossing the line. Because when we talk about giving in to temptation, we're talking about crossing a line, aren't we? We're talking about, like, if you've seen those, you know, those construction tape areas where you can't go past this area because it's unsafe, or a police line can't go past that line. We're talking about when temptation comes in our lives, it wants to throw us into a circumstance that's only going to result in our what? Destruction. It's only going to result in defeat. It's only going to result in hurt. So how do we deal with it? Well, the first way we deal with it is to understand the source of it. So look with me. We're looking at James. Let's look at just a few verses today. We're going to look at verses 13 through 16. Here's what the writer James says. Let no one say... When he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Let's take these verses. We're going to actually do a couple things here with it. We're going to look, first of all, verse 13. We're going to look at the whole issue of blame shifting. When we talk about temptation, coupled with temptation is the whole issue of blame shifting. So we're going to talk about blame shifting for a moment. Then we're going to talk about owning your own stuff. We're going to see that in verses 14 through 16. So we're basically dividing this passage into two sections as we look at the origin of temptation, which leads to sin. So let's talk about blame shifting. Here's what happens. First thing I want you to notice here is this. We have a tendency to shift the blame. We have a tendency to shift the blame. Now, when I talk about temptation today, I'm going to be honest with you folks. I'm not going to be talking about you being tempted by a little piece of chocolate or what that little candy bar at Walmart. Do you understand? I'm not going to talk about that temptation, although that is a temptation for some of you, and it may lead to sin for some of you. But I want you to understand, we're not talking about that temptation. What I'm talking about is the temptation that you face day in, day out, to do the stuff that you know is wrong that brings defeat to your life and those around you. Does everybody understand me? 
We're talking about the temptation to sin and do what you know you shouldn't be doing. And we all are tempted. Now here's the problem though. We all give in to sin. We all give in to the temptation to sin. We all give in to the thing that ensnares us, that destroys us, the thing that we hate, the thing that we wish we could get over. Now here's the thing that happens though. We understand that, but here's what we do. The natural tendency from us is, is that when we look at that temptation and we look at how it ensnares us every time and how we continually fall on our face and how it continually destroys our lives and destroys others around us, our natural tendency is, is to find someone to blame for what's going on, for us continually giving in. So here's what we do with it. We gotta shift the blame away from ourselves to someone else. It's my daddy's fault. It's my teacher's fault. It was my coach's fault. It was my scoutmaster's fault. It was my mama's fault. It was my granddaddy's fault. He beat me one too many times. It's what this person said to me. It's my boss's fault. It's it's the restaurant's fault. If they didn't have that silly advertisement there, I wouldn't have given in. Right? Our tendency is to blame someone else. To shift the blame away from us, it's the devil's fault. The devil made me do it. He's been working hard on me. I hear people say that kind of stuff all the time. All they're doing, all they're doing, listen to me, all they're doing is shifting the blame. Shifting the blame. Shifting the blame. Because if it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for that, if, if this didn't happen at work, if this didn't happen here, if this hadn't been a situation in my marriage, if this wasn't a situation with my kids, I wouldn't be tempted by all of this. This is just, this is how I'm coping with the stress. And, and, and it's, it's everybody else's fault. We have a tendency to shift the blame. Now James tells us in verse 13 that ultimately we tend to blame God. Hear what I said? When we progress down that road of shifting the blame, blaming everybody else, blaming everybody else, blaming everybody else, this is the reason why. This is the reason why. It's my wife. It's my, my husband. It's, it's my parents. It's this. It's, it's that. It's that teacher. It's this. It's the guy at work. It's the boss. It's everybody. Blah, blah, blah. And, and ultimately, we, we get to the end when we realize that there's nobody else to blame. Here's what we do. God, why did you do this to me? God, you know I couldn't handle this. Why, why don't you allow this to happen in my life? Why don't you put me in that situation, Lord? Don't we do that? Let's be honest with ourselves. Don't we do that? We ultimately get to the place where we blame God for what's happening. God, you're the one who put me in that family. I didn't have any choice of what family I go into. God, you're the one who put me there. God, you got me that job, but it was right next to the place that I can't handle. God, you're the one that told me to stay in this marriage. It's hard. We blame God. Ultimately, we blame God. Bottom line. But here's what James wants us to see. Look at what the last part of verse 13 says. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. What's he saying here? Here's the point I want you to see. This is a result of not truly understanding God. This is a result 
of not truly understanding God. When I get into the blame-shifting mode, where I'm blaming other people around me, and it ultimately results in me blaming God, and being angry with God, and me expressing my frustration with God, and, and saying, God, you're the one that led me into this. You're the one that, you're, God, you're, you're doing this. God, you're punishing me. And, and, and all of this stuff that we say, where we blame God for our giving in to the temptation of sin continually in our lives, it's because we don't truly understand him. You know what I mean? You know what? You, you know, here, I think a lot of us, some of us here have teenagers or had teenagers. And, and, and it's like your teenager when they get in trouble because you've got them, you're on them about something. And you notice how they do it. They shift the blame and they blame it ultimately on you, mom and dad. Well, mom, it's because of this. And if you would have done this, I wouldn't have. What's going on there with that teenager? They don't truly understand your love. They don't truly understand your care. And that's the same thing that goes on with us when we ultimately blame God. It's because we don't truly understand Him. We don't truly understand His love for us. We don't truly understand how much He cares for us and wants to guard us from things. So let me just stop for a moment. Some of us, we get kind of tired of what the Bible says we can't do. And I've heard people say, oh, well, it's just living on oppression. It's not oppression. It's boundaries to protect you. Do you hear what I'm saying? And when we say and we blame God, it's because we don't truly understand him. That's what James is saying to us here. And so James just comes right out. After telling us that about the blame-shifting thing, he comes right to the point. He gets right to the point and says, own your own stuff. And the reality is this. You may want to write this down at the top of the paper. Today, I need to start owning my own stuff. When it comes to the sins that you and I fall to, when it comes to the temptations that we give into, the reality is it is not somebody else's fault. It is not your background. It is not even God. It's you. And you got to own your own stuff. Now, somebody here will say, well, George, you have no clue what I grew up with. You have no clue what my background is, George. You have no clue what my situation is right now. You don't know what I'm living in, and you don't know how terrible it is, and you don't know how I'm trying, but i got to cope, and, I don't, and I'm just giving in. You don't understand. You're right. I don't understand, but that's not an excuse. We live in a fallen world, and it's tough. But what we're going to see right now, when it comes to the area of temptation and our giving into it, we got to own it. It's us. It's not your background. It's not your situation you're in. It's you. And that's what James is going to show us here. So let's take a look. First of all, what does it say? Look with me, verse 14. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. What's he saying here? First thing I want you to see is, is this. It starts with our own, with your own corrupted desires. It starts with your desires. It starts with your corrupted desires. Remember what I said to you about the interesting thing about temptation is, is that number one, we all face it. But number two, it's different for every person. Have you noticed that? And have you noticed that maybe if you're struggling with an area of sin in your life, 
and you try to talk to somebody else about the temptations that you face, sometimes they don't have a clue what you're talking about. They don't have an understanding. They don't, they can't quite get what it is that you're having a struggle with in that area. How many of you have ever been there where you try to talk to somebody and they don't understand? Well, the reason why they don't understand, the reason why they don't understand, folks, is because it's not a temptation to them. It's you. It's a temptation to your desires. Now, here's the problem. The problem is, is that we're fallen beings. You know, we, there's this baloney that's out there that we're all born good. Really, we're all born good. Now, I notice that we have some parents here with little ones. Have you been teaching them how to lie? Have you been teaching them when they get together with other little ones to do the pecking order thing? You know, not to play nice, but to see who's dominant in the group? That's my toy! Have you been teaching them that? Shame on you. Don't you know you're corrupting society by teaching them that? You don't teach them that stuff. That's natural to them. Why? Because they're, I hate to say it, your little one's corrupted. Look at your neighbor right now and tell him, you're corrupted. Do you know what I'm saying? You're corrupted. Know yourself, people. You're corrupted. And here's the thing. Here's the, here's the dangerous thing. Jeremiah would say is our hearts are so wicked, who can understand them? We don't even understand how wicked our hearts are. Even your good motives are tainted. Do you understand me? Even your good motives are tainted. And so what happens is, is that with this whole area of temptation, it starts out with your corrupted desires. Bottom line. Bottom line. So notice the second thing he says there. Our own desires ensnare us. They ensnare us. They entrap us. The word that's used there has the picture of someone who sets up a trap to catch birds. Kind of like a, a net that is used to catch birds. The birds fly into the net and they're, they're caught. Their wings are caught into the, in, into the loops of the net and they can't get free. They're ensnared. But here's the thing. That's what happens is, is that the temptation, what ensnares us is that whatever it is, our desires want it. We're trapped. So let me just stop for a moment. Let me just stop right here in the middle of the message. Because I'm going to, I want you to listen to me because this is, I'm going to tell you something that's going to free you from future temptations. Everybody want to be free from future temptations? All right, you need to listen to me. Remember that I told you that God gives us his laws, his commandments, for us to abide by. He's setting up boundaries in our lives. Remember I told you that? Not just because he wants to be a cosmic killjoy. Not just because he wants to, to squash your life and to restrain you and everything. It's not, no, he loves you. He's setting up boundaries. Now here's what I want you to see. When you and I cross a line that God has set up for our lives, we open ourselves up to a new reality. Write that down. When you and I cross a line that God has set up in his word, you open yourself up to a new reality. So for, I'll, I'll just be frank. God tells us not to commit adultery. But once you cross that line, you open yourself up to a new, a new reality. And I'll be honest with you, that becomes an area of temptation. Do you understand me? Here, here's the thing. Nobody ever became a drug addict 
just by it just happened. They crossed a line. Nobody ever became an alcoholic because that's just who they are. They crossed a line. Do you understand what I'm saying? Nobody becomes addicted to pornography. They crossed a line. They opened themselves up to a new reality. They're, what, when, when you open yourselves up to the new reality, your desires then become corrupted in that area. Do you understand what I'm saying? You become corrupted, so now it's okay. And you fall into it easier than before. Because you took that first step. You crossed that boundary. Do you understand what I'm saying? You crossed the boundary that God set up for you in his word for your life. And your desires become corrupted. And they begin to entice you. And you fall. Now let me take it one step further. Because some here could say, well, you know, George, I've, I've, I've crossed that line. But I'm okay now. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not giving it to that desire anymore. Well, probably through, through discipline, through the renewing of your mind, you overcame it. But, but for some of you, if you continue to feed it, you know what I'm saying? If you continue to feed the desires, if you continue to feed your minds, no wonder your desires get greater. Do you know what I mean? No wonder your desires get greater because you are feeding yourself with things that are just stirring up within you your corrupted desires. Do you know what I mean? So, for instance, like you know, you know, over over the over, between Christmas and New Year's, we took a family vacation out to Hershey, and and one of the things we always do because we've got to do it is we've got to stop by Hershey and go through the chocolate factory. Now, I've been through that so many times. Now I can go to sleep. You know, hearing the singing cows in there and, and seeing the big, big Hershey kiss and, and, and watching how the whole process is and everything. Now, there's a reason why I do it. Because at the end, they give me this little bitty chocolate bar. Except, of course, the time they gave us the Twizzler. Can you believe that? Okay. And I give it to my wife, Lori. <laughs> okay. But here's what they do. When you're in there, they're pumping in the whole time you're in there. Have you ever, how many of you have been to the chocolate world? Okay. What are they pumping in? There's the, the air smells like what? Chocolate. And then when you get out, you walk down to the ramp and you walk out of there and guess where you walk into? The biggest chocolate shop ever. Now what, what's, why did they pump all that, all that, all that Chocolate air into that room when you're riding on that ride. Why do they do that? Because they're wanting to walk up something in your life. They're wanting to stir up something. What do they want to stir up within you? Your desires for chocolate. Hershey. Do you know what I mean? And guess what? It's enticing when you, and in fact, Lori will tell you, I was like, hey, let's go in here. No, she said, we got to go. I got a strong woman. <laughs> Because I was ready to buy something. Do, do you know what I'm saying? I guess my desires are corrupted for candy. So, But here, here's the thing. Our own desires and snares. Now that's going to save you. Do you understand what I'm saying? What is it going to say? It's going to save you grief. Don't open yourself up to new realities. If you know better, and God's Spirit is speaking to you and telling you no, don't open yourself up. Don't cross that line. Because when you cross that line, you'll be crossing that line many times. Do you understand what I'm saying? You'll be crossing that line many times. 
So spare yourself. Don't corrupt your desires. Don't awaken yourself to a new reality. Here's what else he tells us. Look at me, verse 15. And when desire has conceived, he's going, to, he's going to view it like a birth here. When desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. What's he saying here? Unchecked desires result in sin. If you and I, if we've opened up ourselves to the new reality, so let's stop for a moment, okay? Think about your life for a moment. Think about what it is, the sin area that you struggle in. Every one of you has it. If you don't think you've got a sin area you're struggling with, you are deceiving yourself. I don't want anybody here to lie to themselves. You are struggling with an area of sin in your life. I don't care how perfect you think you are. You've got an area in your life that you are ensnared by. How do I know that, George? Because you're human. And you're a sinner. Does everybody understand that? Nobody here is perfect. Nobody here doesn't struggle. We all struggle in some area. It's just that what you struggle with may be different than what I struggle with. And there might be somebody else here that struggles with the same thing. But the problem is, is that we all struggle with something. Now, here's what I want you to see. If I'm not doing something about it, if I'm not trying to get control of the new reality that I've opened my life up to, if I'm not trying to do what I can to control my desires, to renew my mind, to make sure that I don't give in once again, once again, once again, if I'm not doing what I need to do, the hard work, let me just tell you right now, it's hard. Once you open yourself up to an area of temptation and you constantly are tempted in that area, it's hard work to get control. Don't deceive yourself. You're just not going to... And see, somebody tell, oh, if I just come to the altar and pray, I'll get over it. No, you won't. you got to work hard. Jesus does bring healing, but a lot of times he wants to see us work through it. And if I have unchecked desires in my life, it's always going to result in what? Sin. So here's what happens. You're struggling with yourself. It's like, man, why do I always give in? Why do I always give in? Why do I always give in? Because you're not doing something about the temptation. Hear what I said? Don't sit there and say, I'm always giving in. I don't understand why this is always happening to me. Poor me. Why is this always happening? Because you ain't doing nothing about the temptation. You're not doing something about your own desires. It's not the temptation. It's because you want it. Did you hear what I said? It's not the temptation. It's because you want it. And you're not doing something about that. And when it's unrestrained in your life, when it's unrestrained and you're not doing something about it, folks, listen to me, it's always going to result in sin. It's always going to result in sin. Bottom line, you're going to give in. You're going to fall. You're going to fail. Bottom line. But here's what else he says. doesn't end there. Sin results in destruction. Write this down. Giving in to temptation is not a personal affair. 
you hear what I said? Giving in to temptation is not a personal affair. It's not just your little old thing. It's not just your little secret thing going on. It's not just what you do on the side. It's not, not this lie that you tell yourself nobody else is affected by. Trust me, it affects everyone. It destroys your life and it destroys the lives of others around you. And ultimately, can I tell you right now, it affects the church. Bottom line. That's the nature of sin. Sin is not just your little private thing. It destroys you and others around you. And let me tell you right now, it wants to destroy as many as possible. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like a cold virus. Everybody know what I'm talking about? There's that nasty thing going around right now. People are throwing up and having diarrhea, and it's like some serious stuff. Have you heard about that? Maybe you've had a friend or two that have succumbed to it. Thankfully, I have not. If you have it, do not talk to me. <laughs> Control yourself. I'll talk to you next week. Okay? Why do I say that? Because I want to limit the damage of it. And I don't want to be damaged by it because that sin is like a cold virus like that. You know what I'm saying? Nasty. It doesn't care who it's going to affect. It's going to destroy everybody in its path. And when you and I give in to sin, here's the transfer. It starts out with my corrupted desires. I give in. I sin. And that results in damage to my life, to my marriage, to my family, to my friends, to my church. And let's go a little bit further. To my country, to my world. There's no such thing as a private thing. There's no such thing. It's not personal. And so some of you right now, you're engaged in something that you think nobody else knows. You're right. We don't know it. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's devastating us. And you need to wake up to that. Because sin brings destruction. So he goes on and he tells us one more thing. Look with me. Verse 16. Look what he says. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. What's he saying here? Don't remain ignorant. Hear me. Don't deceive yourself into thinking, well, it's just a little temptation. It's not going to be that much damage to anybody. You're just being ignorant when you say that. It's just one drink. It's just one puff. It's just one burger. It's just one. Before you know it, you find yourself so ensnared in it. You're destroying yourself and you're destroying others around you. And you know what it is in your life. Maybe it's the issue of gossip. Maybe it's the issue of a critical spirit. Maybe it's something else that's going on in your life. But you're ensnared. Don't 
deceive yourself. Don't be ignorant. You need to understand that it, it's not somebody else's fault. It's not God's fault. It starts with you. You need to own your own stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? Don't be ignorant. Don't remain ignorant. That's what James is saying to us. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.